0: Welcome back to the Trucking Driver podcast, live from the cab of a Scania 460 R Super. I'm joined today by... Matt Ireland. Hi, Matt.
1: How's it going? I'm all right. I'm all right. It has been a while, yeah. February. Incredibly. Good grief. It's been a couple of months. Where's that time go? Quite a lot has happened in the last couple of months as well in the uh, world of transport. Uh Uh-huh. There's been a few movers and shakers, is not there?
0: Yeah, who was it? Who, somebody got bought over, didn't they? Irish company.
1: Yeah, uh, McBurney Brothers got bought by DFDS. That was it, yeah. That was it. Um, DFTS have also bought McLeods
0: from Scotland. These kind of family-run companies are getting scooped up. If you're getting offered a fat wad of money and everything like that, and then you're you're getting away from a lot of the stress, and you've still potentially got involvement anyway, you know, I do think it's quite mm-hmm. hard to refuse.
1: Yeah. Especially
0: spe- the way things are going with running costs and... Exactly. spiralling out of control.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know the, the family situation from the clouds, but perhaps the younger generation weren't interested, so what do you do? You you, you don't just um, run until you keel over, do you? You've got to, got to get out at some point, haven't you? It's
0: the uh, way of the world. I mean, it seems that they're keeping their own identity. It's not like getting obliterated, sort of like what's been going on with Stobarts and Kalina, whereby, you know, all the red and green lorries and the names have been disappearing and replaced with, Ones.
1: Yeah, well, and of course, uh, Stobart or Eventor have also bought Stardies from Sheffield, right? So, I didn't know that. yeah, yeah, that happened a couple of weeks ago. So, I don't know what will happen uh, touring wise with um, with that. Just have to wait and see, I guess. Although I'm kind of out of it at the moment, but it'll be interesting to see what what happens. I mean, um, you know, they've got drivers who've been there thirty odd years, and that's. I, I don't know if Kulina themselves have got drivers who've been driving for them for that long and have been that loyal. Um, who's, to, who's to say? So, yeah. It'd be a shame to see the livery disappear, but that's what happens to the whole group, isn't it? It's all that white
0: mm. uh, with a funny
1: logo. So, yeah. I yeah. actually
0: got overtaken by a Kulina truck this morning, and this thing's doing about 55 and a half. Right. So it was doing over 56, and it was pulling a great bear trailer. Right, great bird. Great bird, they are about 51.
1: Yeah,
0: I was quite surprised at that. Whoever's got that's lucky. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a Morgan McLernan, uh, one, is it? Oh, no way, he's coming past me and he took me easily, like (laughs) a little bit above 56. Yeah, must be a a rogue truck, must have brand new tyres.
1: I reckon so, yeah. So yeah, it's been uh
0: been quite a quite an interesting few weeks. Well, I am working. When we're talking about um, family-run companies getting bought over and absorbed into larger corporate entities, I'm actually working for Broughton Transport Solutions this week, which is a family-run company which has expanded massively over the past few years. Yeah. Um, they're well known. They've been in trucking driver, they're in commercial motor a lot because Bob Beach lives round the corner. Yeah. And he knows um Toby well, who runs the business. Yeah, uh, and Bob puts a lot of trucks in there to go and um, work for them. They've got fifty-five trucks now. Really, they've expanded the yard. Yeah, I mean they've got. Uh, I'm sitting in the yard tonight. Uh, yeah, they've got all sorts of stuff. They've got um, new Iveco S-Ways, new MAN. Yeah. um They've got Scania. They've got a couple of Scania five sixty supers, which is a very rare thing to get a hold of at the moment. Yeah. Along with some V8s, they've got like Turbo Compound, Volvos, um, all sorts of nice stuff. I'm actually working here because, I mean, one of the last podcasts we did, we mentioned, uh, you mentioned at the time that, you know, haulage was pretty quiet. And as it turned out, when I was asking around up in Scotland if anybody wanted the truck around my usual people, they were like, nah, we're not busy really, eh? Yeah. Um, so I've ended up coming down to go and work here for the week with a Scania 460R. Right, which I am out, and it's a Tuesday when we're recording this, and I've got working it Monday through Friday. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Broughton's. I've got this is some setup here now. I'm sitting in the yard, and there's other double deck trailers are getting loaded, and they've got European stuff with fridges and a whole uh, major general haulage operation. I started yesterday morning, uh, about four o'clock in the morning, and I went to Manchester, then Newcastle, then across to Egger at Hexham. Um, and I've just I parked in a lay layby um, near Carlisle. I got a really good spot, a nice quiet, but set well back from the road. All the way back down here today, a to tip, and then I'm going back out tomorrow along the south coast of England. Lovely. Yeah, well, that's it. These this thing's doing 11.9 miles to the gallon. Crikey. Which, with it's only about 10-15 tons of freight on it, but. If you're doing general haulage operations and you're not necessarily running that heavy, you would be more likely to buy a 460 these days. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys go for 500 plus. Yeah. Um, 12 miles to the gallon, this thing can do. Yeah. And it's lively as well. It goes well. Yeah. But it pulls well. And it's not, you know, there's not a whole load of snidey eco software on it that's like restricting the performance. It just... It goes, the it pose is really intelligent on it. Um, it reads the topography really well. It's not scrubbing loads of speed at the top of hills. It still does scrub a bit of speed, which you need to override when it's busy. But it's not like going down to like 45 mile an hour or anything like that. Yeah. And it can pull at 780 RPM in overdrive top yeah. um, on the motorway, which is, I mean, sub 800 RPM. I mean, that is some progress. Right. Like, I'm looking forward to finding out how people get on with these new um, 13-litre engines that Scania have just introduced. Yeah, uh, They're <laughs> still old-style 540s coming out this year because of like the weirdness of super long lead times and component ordering and things. But this new engine is the one with a single-piece cylinder head, double overhead camshafts and it looks like it's good. it's good going to be right up there as one of the very best trucks on economy, but also performance as well. I reckon this 460 is pretty much equivalent to the old 500 right. in terms of pulling power. Yeah. And you've also got a 500, which they're now saying, which I'm speaking to somebody who's ordered a load of 500s, who was running 5. It's basically equivalent to the 540, and the 560 is going kind of in a league of its own, and really taking a bite... I mean, it's going to be better than the 530 V8 and pro- arguably snapping right at the heels of the 590. Right. Yeah. And then interesting stuff. I, I should be able to get out and drive more trucks and I'd be able to do more of this. I've got an Iveco Sway 570 next month. Then I've got a 560 Super Scania tag from Truck. Keltruck. What is this? And curiously, Truck are also supplying me a DAF XG 530 tag as well. Right. The chap from Kell Truck won the use of it for a week in a raffle. Right. And uh, he was like, oh, I've won Would you like to use it? So I've got that. And I've also got a DAF XD 4x2 with an 11 litre engine. I'd like to get a load of mileage in. I might go and do a bit for um, Martin Oliver Transport, who I've done before. Yeah. Um, there was the possibility to go and run this for them, but that came in too late. I'd already arranged to do the work with Broughton's. I don't mind anyway, it's a bit of a drive to get down here, but if you're here for the entire weekend, no, that's right. I uh, did a photo shoot on the way down the road. So the June issue talking Driver, it's official, printed on thick, high quality paper, 132 pages as well. Scan special. And the magazines, are the special issues are going to be printed perfect bound as well, which means it's like glued together with a spine. Yep. So that's going to like thump through your door like a fucking yellow pages, (laughs) instead of the, um, instead of the bog roll paper that we've been printing it on. Yeah, oh good. Uh, Really excited about that, and I've been shooting video for this truck as well, so I'm going to try and edit some video together and get a whole series of them out on YouTube. happy days.
1: Yeah, Yeah, good. Well, speaking of YouTube and raffles, uh, Um. my old friends at QD UK have got a... A competition on at the moment to win a truck so which is True. just pure, what to yep. win an
0: entire truck win
1: an entire truck yep and and all you have what? to all you have to do <laughs> is get on their get on their youtube page and you'll see right. that it, and it's it's literally as simple as that i think you've just got to uh comment on a video i think it is it's right. I, I i did look a couple of weeks ago but i can't remember but so if you just go to QD UK and look look on YouTube, you'll find it, and you can potentially win yourself a DAF. So there you go, you can win yourself one, Dougie, and, and be driving it all the time. Uh, interesting. What is it? Uh, it's a one o. Oh, is it must be a one o six? Is it? What,
0: it a Euro six XF.
1: Super yeah, super space cab. Cool. And yeah.
0: actually, I've got a fe- I've got a feature to do the last DAF XF manual. Uh, has gone down the production line and it is in service for a year up in Caithness. Right. Caithness. Caithness <laughs> in Scotland. So that's the last 16-speed manual. So that's them done now. You can't get them anymore. Right. You can't You can't buy a manual tractor unit, you can't buy a full-size manual tractor unit at all right. in the UK now. That's it, gone. Right. For certain left-hand drive models... On the continent that you can get with a gear stick in them still, but that's it. You can't get one anymore. like right? I, it's my belief that Scania have just finished it now as well. So I don't know if there might be somebody who's still to get an R series with a manual box in it. But, you know, end, end of an era. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, I mean, do, you, you, are you encountering many manuals? I know that you do the sugar beat. Um, um, well, there's some older trucks on it. I mean, I've not. There's a Rocksoft Rocks Office has got an R500 manual Scania next gen, but I think he's going to be getting. He might be selling it on soon and getting something else, and I don't know. Isn't I yeah. feel like I need. To, I want to go and do some work in some of these late manuals before they go. You yeah, know, I want to go and. I want to go and do a bit because they're they now they're now officially a dying breed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, funny enough, uh, I've been on the straw for the last. Six weeks or so, I guess, something like that, um, with a DAF wagon and drag. And that's 16-speed 16, oh. 16 manual. Uh, the Arctic, unfortunately, has proved to be a problem. Started losing water before Christmas. So head gasket was done. It still was losing water. So the head was sent off and skimmed. That came back. Eventually, new EGR pipes, new this, new that, new the other all put back together after spending over £3,000 on it. I took it out on a run. Brilliant, excellent, yeah. Went and done my first run. Came back, reloaded. Went to stop. stop and get diesel. When I turned the ignition back on, coolant level low yet again. And it was losing water again. So the thinking is that... Where is ha- it
0: losing it? Is it leaking it or is it burning it? Where is it going?
1: I think it's burning it. There's- and when we got back, they did a... Uh, you can check for the exhaust gases in the uh, header tank, and sure enough, there's exhaust gas in there. So,
0: he... I, 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 I would go and buy ten bottles of steel seal and fire it in the coolant. Yeah. Sod it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I,
1: I think he's he's thinking of uh, putting a thing on a boat to Africa. So, um, in the meantime, you yeah, could do that as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But again, because it's a manual, and he sort of he sought that particular truck out um it would be a bit of a shame because it is other than that it's a really nice truck to drive it pulls well it's comfortable it's quiet the usual sort of things so in the meantime we've had a couple of demonstrators which unfortunately i've not been driving because i've been in the wagon and drag so my mate simon's been in them and one has been the scania uh, 500 uh, tag axle and and straw's not a very economical load to pull is it especially around east anglia where We've got the A14, which is just a heap of roadworks at the moment, and everywhere else mm. we go is generally single lane and roundabouts and curves and whatnot. But I think from memory, he was saying he was still getting, I think, about nine to the gallon, which is right. which is pretty, pretty good because well the, mm. the 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 wagon and drag is kind of scraping seven, just about, I believe. Mm. So that's that's quite an improvement this week and last week. He's got a Mercedes. Um, it's like the off road sort of chassis type. Oh, the Arox. Uh, it's not an Arox, I don't believe. I'm sure it's an Atros, but a right. bit, bit of an off roady one. Um, which yeah. it, uh, it, it, And this is the first time he's driven with MiraCam, um, which he's quite impressed with, as well as just like, like the whole setting up the nav. You know, it, it, it even knows there's a new set of roadworks on the A12 at Ipswich. It even knows that that's a 30 mile an hour limit, and takes him through at 30. You know, and he, he's just sort of trusting the technology. It's taking them into roundabouts. It's accelerating them out of them.
0: Oh, you've been using the predictive powertrain control. Has yes,
1: it? yep, been using the whole lot, and and it's yeah, quite a quite a machine really. So um, mm, but, no,
0: the, predictive powertrain control is a thing where the truck will speed up and slow down itself. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it works not bad when I had that uh, edition one the six thirty back in twenty twenty. I could use it but I was going round Stoke round like the A five hundred, and it, yeah, some of the times it was it was trying to go too fast and things. But yeah. Obviously, it's a developing technology, but it was having a it was you know it was having a go at it, mm. you know, it was, uh, it determined to try and get a bit more automation you know, and into the things. But yeah, I, I eventually I just like switched it off because sometimes it was just like. It was either too slow or too fast, but the fact it could do it at all was kind
1: of oh, incredible. Yeah, managing to get that far on with it, you know. Absolutely. Well, I, I drove my friend Jeremy Pods, uh, for a day, and that's uh, that's I think that's an edition one, um, with mirror cams. So it's a couple, good couple of years old now. And again, the the predictive powertrain, you know, just click the cruise control on, and it just does it all for you. And even coming back, uh, coming in towards dis, there's a set of S bends. And it, no- and it knows these S-bends, and rather than just trying to boot you out of them, you come out of the 30, and it just sort of creeps you up slowly, rather than booting it and, and then dropping you right back down, and just takes you around. And it, it was really impressive. It really was. So um, so w- there's a, there's going to be a DAF XG demo uh, at the end of May, I believe, for the straw. Um, and I think at the moment that's it, because uh, Volvo have never bothered getting back, uh, as far as I'm aware. And I think that's the only ones he's actually contacted. So I'm not, yeah. actually, I'm not, I'm not actually sure where. If, we must have an Iveco dealer somewhere around here, but I'm not too sure where it would be, to be honest.
0: Hmm. It's ex- it's exciting times um, in terms of what's going on with new truck technology. Yeah. There's a lot of developments on the go. I know we've got all this nonsense that we're hearing about, well, from like, you know, marketing people. I get a lot of emails about net zero which I think is just a complete load of nonsense, you know, about how diesel's on the way out and we're on the, we're on the precipice of an enormous change <laughs> uh, with things. And know like, what? no, I'm not.
1: I yeah. Are. No, and, we're you know, not.
0: I know <laughs> that they can build, the, uh, they can build the electric trucks, but it'll cost you three times at least the price of a diesel one. And you still have to charge it up. You know, it's, it's a fair way off yet. And the fact is that diesel engines are so incredibly clean and, Wait a the, the EU were proposing to ban the sale of petrol and diesel cars by 2035. Right. Uh, and the UK said, oh, we're going to do it by 2030. Uh, brilliant. And we're going, to fine every, we're going to fine the manufacturers if they don't sell enough electric cars. Okay, so the car manufacturers will look at the UK and they'll go, oh, well, okay, so you're trying to do it five years earlier than everybody else, uh, and you're going to fine us and... Yeah, your right-hand drive, and <laughs> we don't really produce that much of them, so we're just not going to bother producing cars for you. That will end up happening there,
1: probably. Yeah, <laughs> they'll,
0: be like, they'll be like, but what happened off the back of that is Germany are kind of rolling things back now and saying, oh well, we could still use combustion engines, but use synthetic fuel. So that's the kind of the thought process that's that's developing now, as oh, you know, because a lot of people have realised this winter the realities of trying to use electric vehicles. Yeah. For purposes that they are not suitable. Yeah. It's not to say you know, that electric vehicles aren't excellent for certain applications, but they're absolutely not right for a lot of things. Yeah. Such as for long distances, cold weather, towing things. And that's just talking about light vehicles. Yes. Yeah. So HVO and all that is probably going to be more of a solution going forward. But you still have to make that fuel from something. Yes. You know. Are we going to convert loads of fields to grow crops to go and make fuel with it?
1: Mm. And then not seed anybody.
0: I don't know. But anyway, the Germans are kind of rolling that sort of, sort of stuff back. And going back to my original thing that I was saying about it being exciting times for engines, I mean, if you look across the manufacturers, rumor uh, as we move towards Euro 7, you know, manufacturers are continuing to invest in diesel engines and make some of development system. There's developments coming from Volvo uh, for 2024. Is so you're going to be seeing some changes and updates there. Um, Iveco are um, facelifting the S-Way and it's getting a digital dash uh, and other improvements to the cab to kind of bring it up to date. Because it all does drive very well, but the dash and the cabs are quite out of date. Right. Um, <clears throat> so that's coming out. Scania have obviously got their whole new Super range coming in. Mm-hmm. Which is exciting. MAN are upping the horsepower uh, on all the trucks. Your five ten will be a five twenty, a four seventy is going to be a four eighty. Uh, Renault, I've got the four eighty turbo compound just coming out now. Yeah. I mean, think what, what else there is? I don't know what Merck are up to at the moment.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure they, but, there's been uh, photographs of a, a new facelifted Actros, isn't there, from Mercedes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure right. there has been, yeah.
0: Well, but, but, I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening. And these new yes. diesel engines, they've got, you know, it's, there's almost a case for stopping putting the horsepower on the door or on the front grill and putting the torque figure. Yeah. Because it's, it's all about the torque now. Like, you've got, this 460 has got 2,500 newton metres of torque from, like, basically idle, which is, like, an incredible achievement to be able to get the power with the extra fuel economy, and all the manufacturers are doing this, and the trucks are getting better. I know that they're getting excessively complex, and a lot of the componentry is being like made cheaply, which is just the way of the world. But the trucks themselves, when they're running all right, you know, they've never been more powerful and more efficient in a lot of ways. We're kind of moving past this phase we had at Euro six, where a lot of this eco software was like making some really snidey slow. Horrible to drive trucks. Most of the stuff now seems to go pretty well. Oh, the other one was DAF. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know, but DAF's MX-11 engine is a lot more advanced than their MX-13. Right. Uh, The MX-11 is double overhead camshaft. It's a much more modern design. The old 13-litre is a pushrod set-up. Yeah. Um, And that is going to be getting replaced at some point. Don't know exactly when that will be getting replaced with an engine which mirrors the um, the 11 liter. So DAF's going to have a new 13 liter. I've also heard, and it, don't quote me on this because I don't have any evidence to back it up, that Daff's getting a bigger engine as well.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Um, th- some sort of um, development um, in America, in the are of having an engine in excess of 15 liters. Is that the which, cu- you know, is that the Cummins one that I've uh, th- there is a Cummins engine, and I, I, it might be Cummins might have a big hand in the development, but it's not going to come over here. Yeah. Badged as a Cummins engine, it would be an MX15 yeah. or something like. That. It would be badged the Packard engine, but um, it may well be based on the Cummins engine. Yeah, I've got no evidence for this at all, so just take it as pure speculation. But that's what I've heard. <laughs> I also heard. Someday in Canada, I went and told me that they read in a magazine that Caterpillar has signed a deal to supply engines a european truck manufacturer all right and i was all right i didn't find it well caterpillar have just built a brand new 13 liter diesel engine which is super advanced i watched a video on youtube the time it's a weird setup the timing gear is at the back of the <laughs> engine at the gearbox and it's got a lot of ancillaries mounted directly to the block to save on like vibration and make it more efficient and i I've got I've got no idea to be honest but yeah, but that Caterpillar have now got an engine which is efficient enough to go into um, uh, like you know European or American trucks because Caterpillar pulled out of highway engines a while back. Yeah, because they couldn't be bothered. that was too much hassle. But they now have an engine, so you know, oh. Caterpillar engines. You know, I think we can only conclude from this that Foden must clearly be about to make a return. <laughs> well, that would please Terry Seaman, that's for certain. Yeah, ca- <laughs> we're going to have Caterpillar engines, and they're going to be the only one that sells them with manual gearboxes. <laughs> and then I woke up high
1: uh, in a paper taco.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the, not a class. <laughs> so, you? Obviously, you've been on the the hay and straw, certain so, yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. So, stuff. a bit on the
1: on the straw. Um, just sort of on and off. That's pretty much mostly what I've been up to since we last talked. I haven't I haven't been out the country again. Um, I've done a few days for MDF, and I've done a couple of weeks for Normans. Just sort of local local stuff, the usual sort of thing. Um, but yeah, we said it's Tuesday now. Thursday, we are departing for Kosovo with some more dogs in the pet van. So um, looking forward to that. That should be pretty cool. Um, it's another country I've not been to. It's just... I just need to speak to the boss because the customer wants us to go in via the Albanian border, which is... It's kind of completely the wrong side of the country for anything, really. And um, it would be all right if the ferry from Italy across to Albania ran every day, then you could just go and get a ferry and hop across, cut through Albania and be up at the border. But they don't run all the time, and I don't think there's one that suits the schedule that we've got. So going to have to give them a call either tonight or tomorrow and just try and finalise exactly... What to? Because originally my plan was just to come, come overland uh, into Romania, round Bulgaria, and then go across uh, Macedonia and then head north into Kosovo because the border between Serbia and Kosovo is disputed, and I think I think there's a bit of a kicking off and in there again at the moment. So um, mm. that's kind of off the off the cards. Uh, the only other alternative would be to retrace the route from uh the start of february which would be down through croatia uh into montenegro and then albania and then kosovo which is kind of a longer way round, but that's feasible as well so just have to wait and see but it should be quite an interesting little trip really
0: mm. yeah it yeah, sounds good you have seen some parts of europe that very few people would ever see yeah you know see how it's good you think about kosovo you just think well,
1: yeah and funny enough um one of my books is almost finished um before it goes for final editing, uh, the guy in there, he did a theatre tour and it took in uh, Eastern Europe, into Russia and then back out and then they added on um, Pristina and this was just, this was about a year, without checking my notes, it was either a year or two years, I think it was a year after the war had apparently finished because when he found out, he said, well isn't it a bit of a problem, no, 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 that's all fine, you, you know, you'll be fine, so anyway, he off he went in there and uh, they were still firing at each other. And he said he phoned their, phoned their office back in London. And uh, the chap on the other end said, oh, have, you, have they got fireworks on? it." went, no, it's gunfire. They're shooting at each other outside the hotel. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he that was uh, quite interesting for him. But, yeah, I don't think that many people would have been there unless they were doing, like, the K4 work and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. I did I just want remember. to say um, it's been also a bit of a sad week last week. There's a chap called Dimitar, who's a Bulgarian, but he was known on Facebook as Jimmy Hoffa, um, possibly for obvious reasons. Um, and he managed to just get the whole trucking community from around the world together, regardless of nationality and whatever you drive. He just had this huge passion for truck driving and for big, mm-hmm. big trips and stuff like that. And um, I mean, he clearly wasn't quite right in the head because he's like our old pal Ash Redman, and he loved a Renault Premium. So, um, you know, well, <laughs> you know we can't all we can't all be perfect. But I mean, he had taken a, a premium to Georgia and across Turkey, and um, I think he did a bit of North Africa in one. It might have been a Merc. Uh, he was only 42, and sadly, last week he crashed his truck and was killed. Um, oh, no, yeah, and. It was just—it was quite stunning, really, for for so many people, because it was just this bundle of enthusiasm that just it got on with everybody. Um, it, it was really shocking. I mean, I'd spoken to him quite in depth um, about various things, and he would often send me pictures of like old cars and old trucks that he'd spotted on his travels and stuff like that. And I was kind of hoping, like, uh, if our paths had crossed. This week, when I was heading down through Bulgaria, then I'd finally get to actually meet him because he'd been he'd been doing a lot of work for LKW Walter, and most mm-hmm. of it, annoyingly, was in in Belgium and Holland. Uh, and every time I'd run through there, I'd just sort of missed him. Some I think once by fifteen minutes because I took some photos of the services, and within a short t- space of time, he was in there taking the same photos of the same trucks, um, and he just sort of switched. He still worked for the same company, but it changed. Sort of contracts was just running trailers around Romania and Bulgaria for Walters, I believe. And, um, yeah, just all of a sudden, just crashed his truck and he's gone. And uh, just the, the amount of people that it's affected has, has been shocking, really. Um, he'd set up one particular mm. group uh, on Facebook called Truckers Lounge, and it's now been renamed Jimmy's Truckers Lounge in his, in his honour. Um, and But like I say, just he would... Eh, wherever he was delivering to, he would go over and chat with other drivers and find out, especially if they were sort of, as, as long as this is going to sound, but if they were sort of foreign-looking and such, or if they had, like, interesting flags in their window, you know, people from Kyrgyzstan or India, Pakistan, and just try and be friendly to them and try and get them to take a picture with him and just just be a nice, friendly truck driver. And, mm-hmm. um yeah, and, and with him not being here anymore, it's kind of... uh it's kind of surreal in a way, but um, it's also quite a shame because people like him don't come along very often, sadly. And uh, yeah. I think the whole trucking community could do with more people like him. So, um, so for those that knew him, uh, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if not, then uh, then just maybe try and search out the group on Facebook and and just see what yeah. it's all about. Maybe.
0: Yeah, what's it called again?
1: His name was Dimitar. um he, yep. was, and what's he the group. Called? The, the group is now called Jimmy's Truckers
0: Lounge. Jimmy's Truckers Lounge. Jimmy's Truckers
1: Lounge. And it's in in honour of, uh, as we knew him as Jimmy Hoffer. Mm. So, uh,
0: yeah. Hi, I'm looking forward to the week. I'm going down to Fareham tomorrow, and then I've got to go to Chichester and then into Kent. The tip, and then I'm going over somewhere by Gatwick, a sort of Crawley direction to reload timber, and I think I might have just go and deliver it, or I might bring it back here. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that'll be that'll be Wednesday, so um, that'll be all right. I'm on the road at five in the morning. I've been away at four in the morning. Yeah. Uh, two days in a row. So yeah. Early early starts, but necessary. The road network was. I don't know if it was because we're just back from the Easter holidays and people have forgotten to drive again over the two weeks, but M6, two crashes on it. M5 shut by a massive crash. Crash on the M42. Yeah. When I came down on Sunday, oh, did you see the crash on Sunday? Going Uh, northbound on the M6. Wow. That DAF that just ripped the engine off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, what happened was this DAF XF, I think it was right-hand drive, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a British one. Yeah. Yeah, it was a British one. He's come down, and he seems to have hit a barrier before a bridge and then swacked the bridge parapet on the cab, clean off the chassis, and the engine's come completely out the chassis. So the scene of the accident, the chassis is sitting on its side, like up, but the chassis was sitting upside down, I think. Yeah. And then 20 yards away, you've got the cab, which looked incredibly intact.
1: Yeah, especially for a daft.
0: Yeah, the cab was... I mean, they are designed for the cab to sort of come off the mounts in a way, so, you know, if it was mounted on there too hard and it didn't have any give, then it would be a lot worse for you because then, you know, it would crush crush that coat can. Yeah,
1: exactly. The the
0: cab's sitting there, the chassis is there, and the engine is lying in the the hard shoulders or whatever, all scattered about... quite some considerable distance. Apparently the driver was all right, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, he, apparently he walked to the ambulance. How? Wanted, I wonder if he wanted to sell that engine for the straw truck.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it probably couldn't be any worse. That's right. I wonder how it, wonder how it happened, you know. What, yeah. what happened? Did he, take, did he take a funny turn or did he fall asleep or what, you know? Yeah. Or did, you know, did he have to take evasive action to avoid some idiot car driving? Yeah. we well, probably never know, but yeah, that was... Serious I don't know if you've seen that Listeners uh, I saw it on a page called Traffic Bromsgrove
1: Yeah I know I got a news report Sent me from A Manchester newspaper That had it Um I don't oh, think well, It wasn't the well, MEN easy
0: enough to find it Yeah like, oh wow Yeah it's worth It's worth looking it up It was on Traffic Bromsgrove On Facebook That's what I saw it. Yeah Yeah um, yeah, glad the guy walked out of it. Yeah, that's, that was pretty spectacular, Like,
1: <laughs> Yes, I, I had exactly the same thing this morning. Like I said, the, the A14 uh, around Wall Pit is now down to one lane, which is causing chaos. So I was up early, thought, right, I'll get through their roadworks, beat the rush, uh, which I did, only to get, as far as Bury St Edmunds, for it to be closed because a truck, I believe a truck had gone through the central reservation, so it was closed and everything was being sent through Bury St Edmunds, which is just, well, a nightmare. Uh, there's no other way of putting it. And this was, what are they doing with
0: uh, the A14? Are oh, they like widening it and expanding it for along as they've uh, been doing? I wish.
1: No, um, I think they're just turfing up the the concrete part of the road, and uh, I think they're just going to replace it with tarmac. But it's going to take uh, it's going to take amount, over a year to do for some the reason. The amount
0: of the amount of roadworks is insane. Yeah, out there. I mean, yeah. you, they get, well, what came out this week was as well though, that the prime minister has said he's scrapping any future smart motorway project.
1: Right, that's good. Uh, which,
0: if you ever been in a situation on a smart motorway, uh, good. I've never broken down on um, one before, but I've broken down on hard shoulders, and I've been glad, very glad that they were there. But yeah, but, but what they're doing is all the existing smart motorway projects that are getting done will be completed, and right. that means that um, Warrington, like at Warrington on the M6, and. The M42, M- I mean, all these different bits have still got to get done, and it takes years. And it puts, yeah. I must have driven through 80 miles of roadworks today. day, and it's yeah. really, it's hard going when you've got yeah. to grind through all this stuff.
1: And I, I did see a thing as well, that the the recovery charges, if you break down on there, it, I think it's four figures for a truck, if you're recovered by highways off of a smart motorway. So Ugh. they take away they take away your hard shoulder, And a chance for you to, you know, maybe perhaps even repair it safely and then
0: charge you a fortune to drag you off. Yeah. I mean, the frustrating, the the, the ludicrous thing was when they first built these and I didn't put anywhere near enough of those refuge areas in. Yes. Um, Yeah. I think they did it because they didn't want trucks parking in them. I think it was a really snidey thing where they thought, well, it's usually foreign boys that do it. And you do see them doing it now and again. Yeah. yeah, They just go and park up in the refuge area. And, or yeah. whether it was cross-cutting, but at any point, if you have a breakdown, you should at the very least be able to coast into one of those areas, so it yeah. should be calculated, oh no, I've lost power, so you should be yeah. able to glide into one, and some of them are a mile and a half apart, it's ridiculous, yes. they should be over like 800 yards, if they're trying yeah. to go and save on like building a whole hard shoulder. Yeah, there's a lot of potholes. Is the inside lane of a lot of these smart motorways, even though it's not that old, are full of potholes as well. It's like they haven't really done good enough groundworks to support yeah. the road where they've gone over the top yeah. of the hard shoulder. Shite. Yeah, smart motorways.
1: Yep. Keep... Oh yeah. It's <laughs> like so my, my mate Alex Broadley, who did that little bit for Truck and Drive the other year when he broke down on one, just said. It's the most terrifying yeah. thing he's he's ever had, had in his trucking career.
0: Well, we've got these digital signs. And what happens, as soon as somebody breaks down, we'll notice from our cameras and sensors and all that. No, they don't. Yeah. But they're pretty good at dropping the speed limit down as well. They're like, oh, queue ahead, congestion. And yeah. then they drop the speed to 40. And there's nothing of the sort, but the bloody yeah. cameras are live. So if you go through it at 46 mile an hour, think i will flash you. And then you've got yeah. three points for the on a speed awareness course for the... yeah. Place of that. Snide. Horrible things. Those, um... Yes. Yeah, I forgot about that, actually, as well. That's another dislikable thing about them. The fact that you put those cameras all the way along them as well. Yeah. Ugh. Smart motorways. Yes.
1: Smart my arse. <laughs> <laughs> you know smart as an acronym, don't
0: you? I'm going to rebrand them and call them digital motorways, because everybody was like, what's smart about this? It's shite. Uh, now, I could be wrong, but I'm under the impression that SMAR
1: actually stands for self-monitoring, analysis and reporting technology.
0: Oh, right. Oh, does it? Well, mm. We're going to try and rebrand them and call them Digital Motorways, which went about as far as Pizza Hut rebranding as Pasta <laughs> Hut. Nobody did it.
1: I forgot about that. Pizza Hut and Pasta Hut.
0: Yeah, remember that? That didn't last for very long.
1: Yeah, now, now you mention it, I forgot all about it for obvious reasons, because it let's
0: yeah. say, never happened. Bad, mar- <laughs> bad, marketing, th- bad marketing ploys. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time, Matt. Uh, the Truck and Driver Podcast is back on the regular basis, folks. I've had a little break now, back out driving lorries. Uh, thanks, Matt. I'll catch you again soon.
1: Thanks, Dougie. Appreciate it. Speak Good. you soon, Take mate. Take Bye bye. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver Podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you
1: never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month.